joined by Tom Blomquist Saturday here at Watkins Glen. You guys had a good practice yesterday. I think a pretty good practice this morning. I haven't looked at the, the chart, but how's it been so far this weekend? Yeah, so, so far so good for us. It's been um, relatively smooth sailing. Uh, you know, we, we've topped both sessions, uh, which is obviously... <laughs> It's nice to be at that end of the field than the other when you're, you know, on, the, on your build-up to qualifying. So uh, we can't really complain. Uh, and you know, the other promising thing, uh, you know, was obviously it was wet in the second half of the yeah. session yesterday, and, and the car looks like it's working well in those conditions too. So I think that that puts us in a good shape or relatively confident, you know, space. Uh, you know, looking ahead to tomorrow because the weather does look, you know, a bit. Well, sketchy. Sketchy, looks a bit sketchy. <laughs> Who knows what, you know, you never know here. It's uh, it's changing all the time. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're feeling good. Um, you know, there's still some work we can do to improve the car, obviously. Uh, I'm sure it's the same for everyone. And we're trying to do that now. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're feeling pretty good. Uh, it is difficult out there. I mean, there's so many cars. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Like, it's, it's, it's too much. I mean, it's just constant. You know, you're just navigating your way through traffic like every single lap and not just one or two cars you know you're like doing a lot so yeah it's a bit I don't know I'm, I'm always in two minds uh, you know with, you know, I guess it's great for the championship but it's you know, the speed deltas between between the cars is huge now especially you know with, when you have the LMP3 cars and obviously you know we have you know there's, there's a lot of amateur drivers yeah. obviously out there and, and the speed differentials are, are, you know can be quite quite enormous um, so it's, it's challenging it's the same for everyone but you know that's what we got to deal with this weekend uh, uh, and yeah we just gotta you know that's that's gonna be the most difficult thing in the race also you know our tires as well they you know if it's a dry race uh, they're sure. just so treacherous um, when they're cold they take a long long time to, to get any tire temperature and energy and grip out of them so that's a, a big challenge as well. Is, is that almost more difficult on a weekend where it's kind of cloudy? It's not super yeah, warm. Even though I it's mean, humid. If, it's, if it's like this, it's a bit better. Yeah. Uh, but we have like the medium compound tire, and we're just if it's a bit cooler and you know cloud cover, we're just on the window of that you know being in its operating you know window. So that's that's not fun at all. Um, but hopefully, you know, when it's dry, it's just warm and there's a bit of sun. The wet tire on the other hand is completely opposite. It works really well. It's it's it's, it's good straight away, and and you know we have, there's a big difference between um, you know there's a big performance delta between you know us on wets compared to the sure. opposition. You know we've got such, we've got a definitely a much more superior tire than the others. When you're talking about traffic, do you feel like traffic here is different than having track at any other circuit that you perhaps have IMSA and WEC, where there's even more cars? Um, so. Like Daytona, for example, is quite quite different. It's it's a lot easier because we have such long straights. Um, what's difficult here is we don't have like a super super long straight. And although we have that flat, the whole flat out section out of one all the way up to the bus stop, the problem is you've got these curves. Uh, you know the S's there up the hill, and and it's not you can't really go side by side through there. So although it's a long flat out period, it's not really a straight that we can easily, you know, cruise past many, many cars. So a lot of the time we get them at awkward spots through there and you have to wait uh, to get to the top of the hill. Uh, and in that whole, you know, the bus stop and uh, section, you know, turn five, six, seven, is, um, you, you know, if you don't clear the car before the bus stop, you're generally a bit stuck until, uh, you know, you get down to turn six there. 
so it, it's it's not the easiest of track um, tracks with, with with the traffic also because it's such high speed nature to the to, yeah. the, to the place and uh, the LMP2 cars are really fast in you know the corners especially the high speed corners here where we make most of our lap time on the straights so there's not like a big delta in the corners so it's it's, it's quite difficult to get past them if you don't clear them you know on the straightaway. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's just, there's just so many cars, you know, you come and they're all over the show and, uh, and obviously there's, you know, there's obviously a big big delta between you know levels of experience and in terms of the drivers and they they all react differently um, so you have to kind of know what you're doing there and, and be able to predict you know what they're going to do um, so that can be always challenging with so many other series on track racing this weekend as well do you look to those races that have happened to see where they've had the best chance of overtakes or they've had the best chance of um to be honest not I, I don't do a, a lot of that um you know because we you know, I use more the practice sessions because obviously we we're up against. You know, I'm, I'm driving and we've got the same amount of traffic really in the practices we're going to have in the race. So um, that's kind of where I try to understand. You know, where's the best places to go by and which side and and you know also just to get a reference on the speed delta and the closing speeds to, to know like if you're this far away from a guy in turn one, um, am I going to get him before? Um, you know, I get up the hill there, or am I going to have to wait, or, you know, and you try and back out a little bit on the right spot, to, so you don't lose time, you know, too much time, so you might lose a little bit of time early to not lose as much, you know, in a more awkward spot, so that, that's quite a big, that's quite an important aspect. You mentioned the possibility of rain, how do you feel about rain tomorrow, would you welcome it, or are you kind of, like, hoping it doesn't come? Um, I don't mind, if, if, it, if it rains, obviously, I, I would like it to just be not a 
crazy amount of rain because then you can't see where you're going and it gets treacherous and dangerous out there you know you're aquaplaning uh, the rain we had yesterday was was perfect uh, so I don't mind like I said I, was, I felt really good with my car I thought our car was really was performing really well compared to the others uh, I think we're one of the quickest in the rain as well so from that side of things you know I don't really mind uh, if, if we were struggling and it was hard work then maybe I'd say the other thing you know say the opposite but yeah I'm confident uh, in the wet for sure what's the most difficult part about setting up a GTP car for a lap at Watkins Glen um, yeah this track's quite difficult uh, and that you know, there's a lot of fast flowing corners um, you know heavy loads on, on the entry phase uh, you know it's quite a smooth track uh, yeah. but obviously you know you're less let's say limited by traction you're less limited by um, you know mechanical grip you know the track provides a lot of that uh, so you kind of got to work on getting the you know your aero balance is perfect um, you know a very stable platform uh, because the entry speeds are, uh, are fast, you need the car to be nice and stable when you go into the corner, so it's predictable. Uh, so yeah, you generally run, you know, the car, you know, a little bit, let's say, stiffer and try and control the platform a bit more. Uh, focus on, you know, making sure your aero balances is and the cars is predictable. Um, you know, compared to like a Laguna, where you, you know, you really need to search for that kind of grip you can. Um, so yeah, it's very, very different. So I saw that you recently got to take a ride in the Acura Integra Type S with Sergio Perez. Can you talk a little bit about how that was and what that thing yeah, was like was, to drive? Yeah, it was good fun. I mean, um, you know, we had we had a car each, uh, so we, we got to you know rip some laps uh, together, which was you know it's always fun. You know, letting two race drivers loose on a on a track and, and <laughs> someone else's cars <laughs> is. Uh, is always exciting but no the car was fantastic um it's my first time driving it um you know it was it handled really well actually uh it's good fun we could really push it to the limits obviously it's a front wheel drive car you know an actor uh, but it was good fun and you know it was a good old school eight, you know manual gearbox with short throw on it was 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 cool it was good um so yeah fantastic you know they've built a fantastic car and it's got some it's got some grunt finished second here last year obviously it was a slightly different car but can you take what you learned from finishing second last year to a new car this year for um, this weekend i mean you know last year we definitely learned um yeah we we you know between the two cars last year we had a slightly different you know setup approach uh you know which kind of left us left us vulnerable in situations you know when they were super close behind because they were they had a lot less down. Well, they had less downforce, so they were, you know, quicker on the straights. We were much quicker in the corners, um, which worked out for them last year. And, and this car is so different, though. So, in terms of that, you know, there's not really much. This car is so low on downforce anyway that you want as much as possible. Um, so it's slightly different. Uh, but in terms of strategy, obviously, yeah, for sure. And also looking at the races just gone. Um, you know, we, we there's a lot that can be, you know, that we can learn from. Uh, you know, I think he's a bit more straightforward in terms of the degradation of the tire, uh, because the uh, you know we have enough tires to basically do singles all the time, and uh, also the, the fuel, like the tire degradation, is not that big here. Uh, okay. You know, the fuel, yeah. the fuel burning off is is actually more sensitive in terms of the lap time, uh, it seems so far. So, yeah, the biggest thing is just going to be on top of the weather and making sure we make the right course at the right time. Have there 
maybe from you know Daytona till now been any kind of unexpected things you've learned about the GTP car in the last you know handful of races? Uh, I wouldn't say so. We're just constantly learning about you know all the software items. Yeah. Um, you know the the setup itself. You know we're trying to explore a little bit more there. Um, you know, have we found anything? I wouldn't say we've found any magic bullets yet. You know, maybe we we'll, yeah we'll learn a few things what not to do, which is always you know that's sure. that's good. Sure. That's definitely good. Um, you, know, so you don't have to waste your time you know exploring those avenues, let's say. But you know we're constantly developing, and especially on the software side, you know that's where right. most is, most of the development is done. How was uh, all right? I'll wrap it up with one more. How was Le Mans a couple weekends ago? Yeah, I mean, Le Mans was, was such a cool event this year. It was so special. Uh, so many people. It was like hundreds of thousands of fans. And it was pretty cool, I must admit. It's the first proper one I've done because okay, the, yeah. the two I've done before have been affected by COVID, so they haven't been full capacity. Uh, but this was what this was really special. Um, so I really thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, the, the whole week is just cool with the build-up to the race, you know, the atmosphere, the vibe. Uh, it's, it's really something special. The race for us didn't quite go to plan. Uh, you know, we had a few issues that cost us, you know, basically a good result because I think we, I think we would have been on for a good result. Yeah. You know, we had the speed. You know, we just got to the lead at one point before we had our first issue, uh, which is a bit scary. Uh, but yeah, these things happen in racing, so it's going to learn from them really and make sure you know stuff like that doesn't happen again. If the opportunity arises do you want to do it again next year yeah of course i'd love to i mean i think it's it's uh, incredible race um you know one of the biggest in the world you know i think as again like a single day event it's you know up right up there with you yeah. know the indy 500 i've never done that but uh it's it's a cool event so yeah it's it's fun and i haven't won it so it's obviously something i'd love to gotta do off. that first i'd love yeah. to tick off the bucket list um yeah so awesome, that's man. definitely a target goal one day actually awesome. I have one more question based off that if that's okay um, having obviously done Le Mans and wanting to do it again and just mentioning that you'd be interested in doing the 500 one day we obviously see within IMSO WEC etc and especially the 500, the 500 excuse me Le Mans a number of drivers crossing series to race in different series what do you think is perhaps like the biggest difficulty that happens when people are trying to race more than one type of series car in a year yeah I mean the, the biggest thing is just you know uh, you know the cars behave differently right um you know, the handling, there's, you know, slightly different driving styles, just the sensation from that the car gives you the feedback. Um, you know, it's not it's not always super easy to, to jump between cars, um, especially when you don't have much, you know, practice time, um, which, you know, when some, for example, some of the guys who just come to do Le Mans, you know, from other series, obviously, they, you know, they find it challenging uh, because, you know, we're not all robots, right? So, we you know, we need time to, uh, you know, program ourselves to... <laughs> to the feeling of, of, of the race cars and um, yeah, so it's, yeah but I think you know all round it, it helps you adapt to cars when you have experience of driving different things and you, you get to feel different cars um, it definitely helps I think long term helps you get up to speed quickly it helps you eventually you know jump between cars but I think if you're really focused on, on one thing um, it's probably not always perfect perfect because uh, yeah you know you your body gets so familiar to you know its environment also the small little muscle memory stuff especially even like the small things like the button button layouts on the steering wheel is always that's kind of the, the, mo the thing I notice the most is you get used to something and then 
you know, it takes a little <laughs> bit just to make yeah. you remember exactly where everything is to, you know, before it becomes second nature. Is it almost like riding a bike? Because obviously you've done formula racing, you've tested an indie car, you drive in IMSA, you've done wet. Is it just trying to reacclimate yourself and your own experience? Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but it's almost like, I mean, I guess less so. It's a, a bit more extreme than, you know, when you're, like, picking up different rental cars and, yeah. you, know, they, they, you know, you sit in, they always feel a bit different. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like yeah, your yeah, spatial yeah, awareness. Yeah. All that small, all those little things, it's, it's a little bit like that, but just, yeah. you know, you're at the limit of the race car, so it's a bit more, like... Going a little faster. Yeah, this a little, <laughs> bit a, little more more, a little bit more intense than that. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's one way to very basically generalise it, um, you know. Awesome. Well, good luck, man. Thanks, guys. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.